to another episode of Monsters and Murder. I'm Sam. And I'm Shane. And we're going to talk okay. about some murder. Yes, yes. Um, did you have a good day? I did. It was very Monday, but I had I had my 7.15 a.m. class, which went great. Nice. French class went great. Did you? Yeah, it was a good day. I, when I was making my bed this morning, I um, hit my pinky toe, which has oh. happened a ridiculous amount of times. Both of my pinky toes have death wishes. The time in TJ Maxx when I hit it on the shopping cart was the worst. Like, I still have PTSD every time I'm wearing flip-flops and mm-hmm. my toes get too close to a shopping cart will. And that's the murder. <laughs> Your toes. Seriously, my toes, yes. They did it to themselves. Um, but no, I would too. That just, oh God, it hurts to think about. This morning, I just, I almost screamed and then I was like, no, you're not. It's too early to scream. I was like 4.30 in the morning. So I just <laughs> took a second to breathe. Made sure my toenail was still on my toe and it wasn't mm-hmm. bleeding. And then got on with my day. There are certain injuries, even though they have not happened to me, they hurt to hear about. Yeah. Oh my, that, when it happened in TJ Maxx, I wanted to scream for everybody to get out of my way because that time it was bleeding and I needed to go home. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes, toes and fingers. And because it's happened to me now, dislocations, I can't with those. We'll go ahead and get into it. I know you don't know this know about this one. I haven't seen a lot of coverage on this, so Okay. Um I got my my sources were a couple newspapers and then mm-hmm. an episode of New York Homicide. Okay. So tonight I'm gonna tell you about the murder of Andrea Caruth. You're right. I do not know this name. <laughs> she was born on the Caribbean island of Saint Vincent somewhere between nineteen seventy nine and nineteen eighty. I couldn't find a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Usually to get like birthdays and I will I use Find a Grave a lot. That's uh-huh. a really good website or resource for me to find exact birth dates, but could not find that for the for her. So she grew up on the island and as she was growing up she was really focused on her family and her education. She knew that once she got out of school, there weren't going to be a lot of opportunities for her if she stayed on the island. So, she decided to put all of her focus on her education. Um, And when she was in her early 20s, she relocated to to the Bronx with her father, William. Mm -hmm. She was focused, she was driven, and she was really kind. So, at the beginning of 2016, she had been in the Bronx for about 20 years and she had become really, like, integrated into her community. She loved children. They were her life. And she actually ran a daycare that she had named Kitty College out of her home. Oh, I like that. Yes. Yeah. She had actually converted the first floor of her house to the daycare. Mm-hmm. And then on the second floor of the home was the living space that she shared with her fiancé, Lincoln. Um, he had also grown up in the Caribbean islands and had relocated to the U.S. for better career opportunities. He had he and Andrea had met in 2001, and they'd been together for 15 years. Oh, wow. That's, that's really good. Yeah. They had just recently gotten engaged, mm-hmm. and then they had just found out a few months prior that they were expecting their first child. Yay. And they were both super excited to become parents. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I mean, she loved kids. She didn't want it. She wanted nothing more than to become a mother. So now, like, she was really excited. And then after finding out that they were expecting, that really just made the relationship between Lincoln and Andrea stronger. Mm-hmm. Andrea had converted the basement of the house into an apartment for her 61-year-old father, William. So at 39, I think she was living... 
like the kind of love that I think most people would be successful. She was like, she was kind and she was caring. She was intelligent. She like had a really good, strong group of friends, had just recently gotten engaged and she found out she was having a baby. So like by all accounts, like she was very happy. Good. Um, she owned her home and she had a career that she really poured her heart and soul into. I mean, like Kitty College was a great program for like kids to attend, like mm-hmm. people wanted to send their kids there. And a lot of times if parents didn't have enough money to pay tuition, Andrea would just let their kids come to the school without paying tuition. Oh, that is super she, kind. Yeah, well she knew education. It had always been so important to her and like she knew what kind of impact a good education could have on a child's future. Mm-hmm. So like most of her family aside from her mother, had actually relocated to the community. So, basically, all of the Carruth family lived, like, on the same street or, like, adjacent streets to Andrea. So, everything that she needed was in that, like, central location. Uh Her family, her friends, her job. That is really awesome. I enjoy... I would enjoy living closer to some people in my family. Yes. Not everybody. Yes. But... (laughs) It is nice to be able, if you're especially if you're close and you have good relationships, just mm-hmm. to be able, you know, to like see them more. Absolutely. I mean, anything that's not an entire day trip is still kind of close-ish, but, but at yeah. the same time, it's still a trip. You can't just go randomly visit. No. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to be like oceans away from certain people in my family. Some people no. I wouldn't care, but some people um, I would send an ocean away. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> So, but for Andrea, her family was really important. So she was very happy to have everybody so close. Mm-hmm. And she and her closest friend Julia, um, they got together quite a bit. They had every month they had scheduled like monthly facials where they would do you know have like a girls' day. And they also shared a common background because Julia had also relocated to the Bronx from the Caribbean islands. So. When they would have those girls' days, they would go and they would, like, go shopping, eat good food. Um, And Julia actually did not call Andrea Andrea. She called her Angie because she said she looked more like an Angie than an Andrea. (laughs) You're going to be best friends with people like that or you're going to hate them because they won't say your name correctly. Yeah. And then you have, like, Mm -hmm. those friends that just call you, like, a weird name because Mm -hmm. that's, like, for the longest time I called... um, our friend Stella. Hi, Stella. I know that you listen. Um, <laughs> I called her Bunny because she had a bunny when I first met uh-huh. her. So, I'm pretty sure I called her Bunny more than I called her Stella for the first, like, <laughs> three or four years of our friendship. <laughs> so, on Sunday, January 3rd, 2016, Andrea and Julia had plans to meet for brunch. So, Julia gets to the restaurant and she's waiting on Andrea, but she never came And Julia started to call and text her, but she wasn't getting a response. Mm -hmm. And so she just assumed that Andrea had decided to stay at home with Lincoln instead of coming to the restaurant. So it kind of made Julia mad that Andrea was blowing her off. Yes. So she sent her a text basically just saying, like, I'm going home. When you get this message and you want to meet up, you just let me know. Mm -hmm. She didn't hear from her at all the rest of the day. So the next morning, Julia's getting ready for work and her phone started ringing. She looked and she thought it was Andrea, and she's like, I'm not going to answer because I'm still mad at her. Oh. So, she didn't answer the phone, and then she got a text message from Andrea's phone. Mm-hmm. She picked it up to read it, and it was Lincoln, and he was asking if Andrea was with Julia because she had not come home on Sunday night. And Julia was like, 
no, she's not with me. Like, she didn't even meet me yesterday. It's Monday morning. Andrea's supposed to be opening up the daycare. She wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And, like, everybody knew that Andrea on Sunday evening at, like, 6 o'clock started getting, like, the daycare activities ready for Monday. Mm-hmm. It was something that she didn't wait till the last minute because it was so important to her. So, Lincoln had told Julia that the last time he'd seen Andrea was on Sunday morning around 10 a.m. when she got up. He said that he thought she was meeting to leaving to meet Julia for brunch. So, when she walked downstairs, he went back to sleep and didn't wake up until 3 o'clock that afternoon. Uh-huh. Lincoln, he was a contractor, and so that's a very physically demanding job. It is. So, I don't blame him for wanting to get as much rest as possible on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a desk job, and I still, as of, <laughs> like, the past six weeks, have been uh, napping every single day on the weekend. Uh-huh. So, he just assumed that Julia had left, um, or Andre had left to go meet Julia, and that she just decided to spend the night there when she didn't come home. And Julia's like, no, she didn't stay here. You need to call the police immediately. Mm-hmm. So he did. And when he called the police, he was told that he had to wait 24 hours before he could file a missing persons report. Although police did think it was weird that Lincoln told them Julia had left her cell phone, her keys, and her wallet at the house. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. And it's been 24 hours at the point, hasn't it? Uh, pretty much, yeah, because, but they told him he still had to wait. So, at some point, they the police did go to Andrea's home on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's when they also saw, like, her, her keys, her wallet, and her cell phone are just laying here. I'm like, I'm assuming that they went just to get a little bit more information. Um, just because they told him he had to wait 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So... But Andrea's friends didn't wait 24 hours before they began looking for her. Like, she was a staple in the community. Everybody knew her. Everybody was looking for her. Um, she was really responsible. And because she poured so much of her, like, soul into the daycare, she uh-huh. wouldn't just abandon the kids yeah. that counted on her. And it's good that they didn't wait to start looking. No. neither. Yeah, I know her friends did not. Um, she wouldn't just up and leave. And aside from that, it was in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. She's five months pregnant. She left her cell phone, her wallet, and her keys. Like, where was she going to go? Yeah, it she is not me. looking good. No. So, like, aside from them knowing that's not typical behavior, it's I don't think it would be typical for almost anybody. So, early Tuesday morning, her friend Julia actually contacted one of the detectives mm-hmm. that was working the case. She reached out to Detective Flood. And she was basically like, I need to know what's going on. Um, in the episode of New York Homicide, he said, when Julia called me, she wanted answers yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, her best friend is missing, and she needs to know where she's at. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing to find her. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. he told her, well, Andrea probably ran away, and because she's an adult, like, they have to wait for Andrea to come back. I'm like, can police please stop saying that? I was getting ready to say, why is it always... They ran away when, unfortunately, 99% of the time, it is never they ran away. Well, even if they did run away, like, just go check. Just yeah. go check. Find them. And if they say, I ran away, I don't want to be found, at least you'll know. Mm-hmm. But it would, there would be so many people 
well, hopefully there will be more people here yes. than not if people, if the police actually went and looked for them mm-hmm. when they were initially reported missing. Exactly. Like someone has disappeared that is not normal, even if they're an adult or not. Yeah. No. It, it, yeah, it's not. So when Julia mentioned to, t- to Detective Flood that Andrea would not just run away and that she's pregnant... Detective Flood immediately agreed with Andrea because um, when Lincoln had filed the missing persons report, he did not mention that Andrea was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a big red flag to both Detective Flood and to Julia because everybody in the community knew that uh, Andrea was pregnant because Mm -hmm. she was so excited. And so for him to leave out that very important detail when she goes missing, that's suspicious. Yes. So, at that point, detectives issued a citywide hospital canvas to see if Andrea had been admitted for any reason. Mm -hmm. But that didn't turn up anything. She wasn't in the hospitals. So, Julia, aside from calling the detectives to get updates, she actually reached out to local Channel 12 News Uh to get Andrea's story on the, like, out. Um, So, her news, like, news of Andrea's disappearance was basically on the evening news that day. Good, as it should have been. It should have been, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, authorities, they were suspicious of Lincoln because he hadn't contacted police and Andrea didn't show up on Sunday. And that was weird. And then he didn't mention she was pregnant. Um, On Tuesday, Lincoln had actually given investigators permission permission to search the home that he shared with Andrea. Mm -hmm. Um, He'd actually already left for work when they got there, which one of the detectives was like, that was weird that he left. But also, he he's fully expecting Andrea to come back, mm-hmm. and she's pregnant. Like, children are expensive. So, if he misses a day of work, he doesn't get paid, and he True. needs to get paid. So, when detectives arrived, they noticed that Andrea's keys, wallet, and cell phone were not in the home when they came back. They thought that was very weird. Mm-hmm. Because they saw it before, they saw it. They saw it the day before, and okay. now they're missing. So, Detectives Flood and then another detective, Detective Skolsky, they begin on the first floor of the home where Andrea had converted into the daycare. Mm-hmm. So, they looked around. Nothing looked disturbed. Like, all the toys in the books were in the right place. None of the bins were overturned. So, then, after they searched the daycare, they go up to the second floor where Andrea and Lincoln lived. They didn't see anything out of the ordinary, like nothing was turned over. But when Detective Skolsky walked into the bathroom, he noticed a tiny red speck on the bathroom floor. Oh, and he no. was like, oh, that looks like blood. Mm-hmm. So they did like a preliminary test just to see if it was blood mm-hmm. and it wasn't blood. It was Good. most likely nail polish. Good. So they go downstairs. William, Andrea's father, he was actually home during the search on Tuesday. So, they walk downstairs, just take a quick glance around his apartment because Mm -hmm. it's a separate residence. They didn't have a warrant to search it. Um, And William didn't say, like, yeah, come on in or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So, they looked around, didn't see anything. It basically looked like an old man's apartment, (laughs) you know? Uh Um, He had some, like, incense burning, which was, you know, very typical in Peruvian homes. Mm Mm-hmm. So, William told detectives that he'd last seen Andrea on Sunday morning, but it was basically only in passing. Like, she'd been on the phone when she was walking out. Mm -hmm. And so, basically, him seeing her was just like a wave of acknowledgement. Like, I see you, but I'm heading out. And she walked out with her cell phone? 
<laughs> he said she was on the phone when she walked out. I'm, but I don't I don't know if he actually said she walked out with her cell phone because her cell phone was at the house. He uh-huh. did say she was on the phone, so. Yes. But it could have been the house phone. True. So, he said he thought, William said he thought it was weird when Lincoln had yelled down to ask him if Andrea was with him because that wasn't something they typically did. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, like, detectives were very suspicious of Lincoln. Like, his story's just really not, like, adding up. Uh-huh. After they looked around the house, detectives actually reached back out to Lincoln because at this point they went to talk to him a little bit more intensely. Mm-hmm. So, he did tell detectives, like, yes, I took her keys, I took her wallet and her cell phone with me to work. But I did it for safekeeping. Detectives were worried that he'd done so to try to destroy any evidence that maybe was on her cell phone. Uh-huh. I'm like, it was suspicious. Like, it is. Still, even though they know, like, he has to work to get paid, the fact that his fiance, who is five months pregnant, is missing, he still went to work. Mm-hmm. But again, every relationship is completely different. And from their conversations with Lincoln and with Andrea's friends, like, it seemed... That she and Lincoln had a really, like, solid relationship. Yeah. They'd been together for 15 years. Like, there were never any serious arguments or temporary breakups. Like, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And anytime Andrea spoke about Lincoln, she was always really happy. Like, she never said anything negative about him. Uh-huh. Like, her friend Julia was like, she actually told me they never fought. And I thought it was weird because she said they never fought. <laughs> but her and Lincoln both were very, um, like private, quiet, reserved people. Uh-huh. And it just seemed, like, from the impression that I got, it seemed like they were more the couple that would talk about a problem as mm-hmm. opposed to letting it become, like, an actual problem. Yeah. So, you know, they had only seen the happy relationship that Andrea had shown them. And by 2016, <laughs> unfortunately, they'd seen enough news reports to know that just because a couple appears to be happy does not mean that they're actually happy. Mm-hmm. And, like, they they were, they were didn't want to think about it, but the thought was crossing their mind, like, what if Lincoln was having an affair? What if Lincoln didn't want the baby? Like, they didn't know. They didn't yeah. want to think that, but they didn't know. So, Lincoln was brought into the police station for additional questioning. And at that point, he agreed. He's like, you can have her phone. You can have her wallet. You can have her keys. You can have whatever you want. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And so, he actually was going to end up spending the night at the police station so they could keep questioning him. That evening, while he was still at the police station, detectives took cadaver dogs to Andrew's home. Because at this point, they were like... It really doesn't sound like she even left the house. Mm-hmm. But we've been there. We didn't find anything when we went yeah. there. Like, where is she? So, they took the cadaver dogs into her home that evening. The cadaver dogs did not hit on anything. Mm-hmm. Like, they searched the daycare center, Andrea's living space, and they even walked down to William's apartment and didn't smell anything. So, Detective Flood and Detective Skolsky, they could not wrap their head around this. Like, it's like she disappeared out of thin air mm-hmm. somewhere in her house. So, while they were waiting for a search warrant to, like, get into Andrea's phone, they both decided, like, we're just going to go back and take another look around Andrea's home just to see if we missed anything. Uh-huh. And when they entered the home that evening, Detective Skolsky, he, like, when he walked in, he got a faint whiff of an odor that he was very familiar with. Uh-oh. But it was, like, only in passing. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't... It wasn't very, like, predominant. It wasn't overwhelming. It was just, like, a very, like, hmm, do you smell that? I don't smell it anymore. Uh-huh. 
Like when our cigarette ghost pays a visit. <laughs> yeah, seriously, when the cigarette ghost comes to visit, yes. So they went back downstairs to William's apartment because he's still there. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like, he was still being allowed to stay in the home because it was his residence. Yes. The daycare in Andrea and Lincoln's apartment had been closed off to mm-hmm. be searched, but he'd been allowed to remain in the home. So when they walked into William's apartment, they, Detective Flood, he noticed that there are two big black trash bags that are sitting up against a wall in William's apartment. Mm-hmm. And he asked William, he's like, you know, what, what's in the trash bags? Yeah. <laughs> and William told Detective Flood, well, the night before my girlfriend came over and we had sex and those are our dirty sheets. Like, I don't know why I didn't just put them in the washing machine. You yeah. Know? Like, that's not need for you to, like, throw your bed sheets away. No. You can just wash and them. And in two large black trash bags? Yeah. Like, well, did you have a ton of sheets on there? Yeah. I've never had sex with a 61-year-old. So, I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe it's more intense than what I'm used to. I don't know. But... <laughs> I don't, I don't know why he needed two big black trash no. bags for dirty sheets. No one does. <laughs> so Detective Flood, he put on gloves and he took a peek in the bag with William's permission. And it was, in fact, dirty sheets. So I don't know what the hell they were doing, but... Did he ever wash sheets? Were they just, like, <laughs> piled over time? I have no idea. He just said there were dirty sheets in the bag, which Detective Flood confirmed. Mm-hmm. But he also noticed that on the outside of the bag, there was a dark substance that was, like... It was drying, but he could tell it had been at some point in liquid form. Uh-huh. So, he swabbed it so they could send it out to the lab for DNA testing. And then, at that point, Detective Flood, he went back upstairs and he called Julia. Because he wanted to know a little bit more about the relationship with Andrea and her father. Because mm-hmm. they've talked to William, but they haven't really gotten any information about Julia or Andrea and William's relationship. Uh-huh. So... When Detective Flood is speaking with Julia, she informs him, like, you know, their relationship really hasn't been that great in the past couple months. Like, when they first moved to the U.S., William had actually helped Andrea get the house and get Mm -hmm. the daycare set up. Um, His name was actually still on the deed to the house, even though he and Andrea both were in agreement, like, it was Andrea's house. Mm -hmm. She paid the mortgage. Basically paid all the bills. William paid a little bit to contribute to the mortgage because he still did, like, the basement had been converted into an apartment for him. Yeah. So, he still paid some towards the mortgage. But it wasn't like... Andrea carried the majority mm-hmm. of every one of the household bills. But Julia told him that recently there had been some pretty big disagreements over money between William and Andrea. He had basically stopped paying any money towards the mortgage in the past couple months. And he'd been trying to get money from Andrea. He had gotten $500 from her in the uh, a few weeks prior because he told her that his insurance was about to be canceled. Mm-hmm. And she obviously didn't. He was, you know, I say elderly. 61 is not elderly. No. But he was older. He needed health mm-hmm. insurance. So yes. she gave him $500 so it wouldn't get canceled. And then just a few weeks later... He had come to her and told her, like, there's something wrong with the boiler. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not working. And it is, like, you know, it's really cold. Yeah. They need need it to be working. And sadly, this is something that happens in homes. Unfortunately, yes. So, he said he'd had someone come out and look at it, and the cost of the repair was going to be $900. But Andrew was like, "Mm, we've had some issues with money in the past. I'm just going to get my own guy to come in here and look at Uh it. And so, when Andrea had someone come to look at the boiler... 
They found out that William had actually turned it off. Nothing was wrong with it. Wow. It actually worked. So, you know, that really wasn't, like, the best thing to hear. No. And while Julia had been waiting outside the residence, like, in the hour since uh, Andrew had been missing, Mm -hmm. um, she was speaking with news crews and, like, was holding vigils for Andrea. One of Andrea's neighbors that lived directly beside Andrea Mm -hmm. had approached Julia and told her that she had heard a lot of banging coming from the basement. And then she'd seen William carrying out buckets of dirt. Like, it was odd, but in speaking with neighbors, like, everybody agreed, William's an odd guy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it would be odd if it was somebody else, but maybe not necessarily with him (laughs) because he's just a strange guy. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the detectives, they go back downstairs, and they're like, we need to, like, know for certain if what's on this bag is blood. Mm-hmm. Like, they wouldn't be able to get DNA from it, but they have a spray they can spray on there. Uh-huh. So, they sprayed the bags, and it lit up with, like, to indicate it was blood. Oh, no. Now, again, don't know what kind of sex th- these old people are having. <laughs> Maybe... Something strange happened. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They couldn't tell whose blood it was, but it was blood on the bag. Uh-huh. So, when they were down on the floor, like, kind of spraying the bags, they just happened to look over at the wall, and it looked like there was, like, some blood, spots of blood on the wall. So, at that point, they were like, okay, we need to, like, get William out of here, like, He needs to stop burning the incense that has been burning the entire time we've been down Mm -hmm. here. He needs to go out, and we need to do a thorough search of his apartment. Mm -hmm. Now, like, typically burning incense because it was a Caribbean home, like, would not be anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. But given the current situation, they were like, "Mm, he's been burning that nonstop Mm -hmm. since we've been here. Mm -hmm. So when he blows it out, they start to smell, like, a really bad odor. Oh, no. And it starts to get a little bit stronger. So, Detective Flood contacted his chief and was like, hey, we found blood. We don't know whose blood it is, but we found blood on trash bags in Mm -hmm. Andrea's home in her father's apartment. And we think we've found what appears to be dried blood on the wall. So, that was probable cause for a search warrant to be issued on Mm -hmm. William's apartment, and he's taken out of it. Um, the apartment wasn't huge, and there wasn't a ton of furniture in there, so they really didn't, like, have to move anything. They just, you know, looking around, they didn't see a lot. Yeah. When they entered the furnace room, they noticed that the smell started to get a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. So, as they walked deeper into the furnace room, they noticed a crawl space closet off to the side. And when that door was open, they were, like, hit in the face with... A very strong odor of decomposition. Ugh. So, on the floor of the crawl space, they noticed a blue tarp. Mm-hmm. Which, under other circumstances, it wouldn't be weird to find yeah. a blue tarp in a basement crawl space. Mm-hmm. But, given the current situation, it was a little odd. Mm-hmm. So, they moved the tarp. And then, under the tarp, they saw a piece of plywood. And when they pulled the plywood off... They found a hole that had been dug out, and it had been partially filled with gravel. Good grief. And when they started moving the gravel, they found Andrea's body. Oh. 
So, her body was removed from the hole. She had very obvious blunt force trauma to her head and Mm -hmm. ligature marks around her neck. And she, like, she still had some kind of rope tied around her neck. William was immediately taken to the police station for questioning. And Lincoln was already there because he had agreed, like, I'll stay here as long as you need Mm -hmm. to answer any questions about it. So, because her body was found in her home, investigators didn't know, like, did William do this? Did Lincoln do this? Did they both do this? Mm -hmm. We don't know. We have to find out. So, they go back to the the precinct to question both William and Lincoln. So, first, they were like, we're going to go talk to Lincoln. He's her fiance. He didn't report her missing. Didn't tell us she was pregnant. So, they walk into the room, and Detective Flood tells them, like, we found Andrea. And for a brief second, he got just, like, this expression of, like, happiness and hope. Like, he was getting her to be like, okay, where is she? Uh-huh. And then when he realized that the detectives did not have the same response, it kind of dawned on him, like, they found her, and then they found her body, not they found her alive. And then he just completely broke down and began sobbing. And detectives pretty much knew at that moment, like, he didn't have anything to do with this. He did mm-hmm. not know she was dead. Yeah. So, he professed his innocence, and he said, I will do whatever I need to do to find out what happened to her. Like, he didn't have anything to do with it. So, then they go over to speak with William's William, Andrea's father. Mm-hmm. And when they walked in the room, they told him, like, we found Andrea. And his response to detectives was, I think I need a lawyer. So, they just said that, and he wants to yeah. lawyer up. Yeah, he, they had not even told him that they'd found Andrea's body. They wow. just said we found Andrea. We mm-hmm. need to talk to you about your daughter. And that says so much more. Yes. So, at that mm. point, they pretty much knew, like, what's going on. Um, he was arrested and he was charged with second-degree murder. Mm-hmm. The DNA sample that had been taken from the bag was proven to belong to Andrea. And William's DNA was found under Andrea's fingernails. Oh. Yeah. Based on the evidence that was collected at the crime scene... And with interviews um, with Andrea's friends and family, investigators were able to piece together what they thought happened to Andrea on the morning of January 3rd. Okay. So, they believe that William had discovered Andrea was in the process of refinancing the home. Mm-hmm. And he was really upset about that. Like, money had been a big source of contention between him and Andrea. Uh-huh. And so, they thought that was one of the driving forces behind his actions. And they thought that on that morning... William had probably once again turned the boiler off. Mm-hmm. It was freezing cold. It was like frid- frigid temperatures in New York at the time. Yeah. So Andrea would have definitely gone down to investigate, like, why is the house freezing cold? Mm-hmm. The kids are going to be here tomorrow. If there's an issue with the boiler, it needs to get fixed mm-hmm. today. Yes. So an, argu- an argument probably had taken place at that point. And when Andrea went over to take a look at the boiler... Um, that is when they believed William had beaten her in the head with a hammer. And the oh. hammer had been found either in his car, which is how I... It was stated in a news report that the hammer was found in his car. But in the episode of New York Homicide, it said the hammer was found in his apartment. Either way, the hammer was the murder weapon, and they mm-hmm. found it. It had been in his possession. And it had Andrea's DNA on it. Ugh. I know. So, like... <laughs> Andrea died, like, her father murdered her in her own home. hmm Like, not only was she struggling to save her life, she was struggling to save 
her baby's loss. And it's beyond upsetting to even think about, like, what was going through her mind in those last moments. Yeah. Like, realizing that your dad is killing you. Mm-hmm. And she did fight. Like, she was fighting, but she... I mean, he had, like, a, a blow to the head is very... Yeah. And, you know... Incapacitating. <sighs> And he knew she was pregnant too, right? Because at Everybody this point, everyone did. knew. did. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was five months pregnant. She actually had an appointment that, so this was happened on Sunday. She had an appointment on Thursday to find out if she was having a boy or a girl. Oh, and so, he just no regard for his own child or uh-uh. grandchild. No, nope. Um, so in 2018, he was found guilty of first degree murder. Uh, for, for, sorry, first degree manslaughter. And he was sentenced to 25 years in prison plus five years probation when he's released. Like, if he lives and serves his full sentence, he's going to be close to 90 when he gets out of mm-hmm. prison. So, rest of his life can just be over. It, yeah, essentially. Like, he's probably going to die in prison, which is perfectly fine. Like, bas- yeah. he basically, aside from the fact that money was a driving factor, mm-hmm. he basically told detectives, like, I brought all my kids here. I got them into college. And I basically said he didn't have any respect from his kids. And they were all just kind of like, not appreciative of what he had done for them. It still doesn't matter. You do not end their life because they don't appreciate you or appreciate well, things that you've done for them. It kind of sounded like from interviews with her friends mm-hmm. that he wanted his kids to just basically give him money and take care of him. Yeah. But I'm, you know, pretty sure as a parent, you're supposed to like raise your kids to be independent and, mm-hmm. you know, want them to succeed. And, but that's not what it sounded like he thought. No, he happen. raised them in hopes that they would just take care of him, regardless if he actually needed to be taken care of or not. Well, I mean, you know, you... I mean, I know it's different in every culture. Mm -hmm. But, you know, taking care of, like, your family, that's one thing. But he was not able to... Like, he was able to take care of himself. He had a place to live. Mm -hmm. It sounded like he just wanted to have her just give him money. Yeah. That's kind of what it sounded like. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I mean, I agree. Like, take care of your elders when they need it. Or but. take care of family regardless yeah. of how old they are. And Andrea had been doing that. It's True. not like she wasn't taking care of him. Mm-hmm. He was just, it sounded like he was just being greedy. Yeah, he just, yeah, he was just greedy. He wanted her to give him money so he could have whatever he wanted. Yeah. Just because. And then have his girlfriends down there for some sexy time. <laughs> Where you need to throw away the sheets. Ew. Like, I honestly, I thought you were going to be like, he soiled the bed. <laughs> no, like, what are you doing if you have to throw your sheets away? Exactly. Like, is everybody okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they, and, and if you're being with someone who is just nasty that you have to throw your sheets away, where, like, you know, they don't have good hygiene, don't I, be with them. No, I'm sorry. If I can smell you, <laughs> it is, and it's not a good one, no thank you. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's so gross. Sorry to, to bring that up, but... About. That's the only, thing I mean, I, the only other excuse I could think of for throwing your sheets away. I mean, maybe she had a duty fetish. Like, not to yuck anyone's yum, if that's your thing, <laughs> if you like poopy, but, like, ugh. Yeah, no. Nope, 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 nope. So, anyway, Andrea's family and friends and community, they were completely devastated. Like, mm-hmm. she was a pillar of the community. She was a staple. And losing Andrea, everybody in the community felt it. Because she, like, she had raised everybody's kids. Mm-hmm. And so... It was really difficult, especially for Lincoln, because he had been a suspect, like yeah. a, a, a brief person of interest. I'm like, that was his 
partner of 15 years. Like, Mm -hmm. they were going to get married. They were going to have kids. Like, he not only lost Andrea, he lost his child. Yeah. And the worst part is that it happened while he was upstairs sleeping. And he didn't know. No. And there was nothing that he could have done. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what he must be feeling. Like, because there has to be, even though it wasn't his fault, he was completely not responsible for any of it. I'm sure he carries some level of guilt for oh, not sure. being able to stop it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he shouldn't. He, like you said, there's nothing he could have done to stop Mm-mm. it. And especially if if he even, you know, thought that she might be going downstairs, he wouldn't normally need to accompany her. Like, there'd be no reason. No, he would probably be like, yeah, go down there and find out what the hell's going on with your dad again. Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah, it's freaking cold and... Go find out. Like, why would he think that he would... They wouldn't even be a thought in his no. mind that you don't go downstairs because your dad might kill you. Exactly. Absolutely not. So, yeah, I hope, like, it's been about six years since Andrea passed. And I hope, like, after... Like, there's no such thing as closure. But I'm hoping that he's, like, finding some way to find some mm-hmm. kind of peace and healing. And her family and friends, too. Like, because yeah. it's... Like, there are some people, you know, that just... They pour their heart out to do good things to just be a good person mm-hmm. and it sucks to to realize because i think like when you grow up like if you're a good person everything's going to be fine it's all going to work mm-hmm. out and it's a really harsh reality to realize that sometimes really bad things happen to really yes. good people and there's nothing you can do to stop it no and it's just it's, it's not sad. karma it's not deserved it's just yeah like it's harsh reality no and Killing somebody over money, I guess because I'm not a person that would ever do that. No. Like, it's hard to wrap your mind around somebody killing somebody for money. And not just killing anybody, killing your child yes. for money. Your your child who is going to make you a grandparent. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even imagine, I don't know. Sometimes yep. I just want to be like the audacity. The audacity for mm-hmm. you to, to do that is we- just disgusting we can't imagine that because we don't value money over life like he clearly did no i mean i grew up pretty poor Mm -hmm. so you know i mean i existed off those 10 cent packs of ramen for a very long time as a child so Mm -hmm. for killing somebody over money to me is just a ridiculous idea killing anybody for any reason yes is ridiculous Mm -hmm. anyway i know this is a little bit of a shorter one but when i saw andrea's face and heard like heard her story and started reading about i was like that is so sad and it's not one that i've heard about a Uh lot and i was like that you know and well you haven't heard a lot about it because she's a a a person of color and that's why it didn't make like national news Mm -hmm. but she was an amazing person and it's so sad that she's not here like she was making a difference in like little kids lives Mm -hmm. like that's the future of the country you know like yeah someone especially some people who like work with kids they they they're their own special type yeah because Mm -hmm. kids aren't for everybody no (laughs) (laughs) and like wanting to see them succeed and Mm -hmm. really wanting to just impact their lives and see them to go on to be successful and you know obviously success looks different for everybody Mm -hmm. but she just, she wanted to make a difference. And, you know. And she did. In the kids' lives that she had, she totally did. She did, I yeah. And that. it was kind of just like her life was just beginning. Like, she was just mm-hmm. beginning to start her life. And it just, it's sad that it ended the way that it did. And that she didn't get to have the life that she wanted. No, just, oh, all because of her father. Yeah. 
May he rot in prison. <laughs> that he probably will. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, oh, well for him. I hope he has, like, moldy grilled cheese every day. <laughs> Stale bread. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that is that is Andrea's story. I am glad you shared that one. It's, like you said, it may be a shorter one, but it's not a lot, It's not one that people often know about, and they should. No, and I'm th- I think, like, because I have done some longer cases, but mm-hmm. I really have just, the, sh- the ones that aren't getting a lot of coverage that are so important and so sad and like you know mm-hmm. just you want people to know their names yes and so i think i'm gonna do a couple of those coming up and good just to have you know because mm-hmm. it's important it's important that they don't that they don't they're not forgotten and like people know who they are absolutely and hey if any of you listeners want to give us ideas for cases especially some that fall in that round you can hit us up on instagram we are at monsters and murder pod or you can send us an email at monstersandmurderpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, I yeah. hesitated. Darn it. I was doing so well with yeah. getting it right. I do it too. I do too. <laughs> and even like some of the smaller ones, you know, if there's not enough to make a whole episode, mm-hmm. you know, put a couple of them together. Obviously, you want to give adequate attention to every single person. Um, but it's important to get, you know, everybody's name out there. Yes, yes, yes. And even though, like, I haven't done anything like, a little bit, it is coming. I have more content for TikTok because that's something I continue to work on. I'm Shane Lee Miller 11 on there. Follow me. Let me know you listen. Let me know what you think. Till next time. Stay safe, everyone. Bye. Bye.